Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm good, Jason. I hope you are as well. I'm doing well, Bill. You know, we sort of talked about this a little bit last week, but we've got a primary election coming up last weekend. Took care of my early voting. Well, for those folks, well, I have already voted myself. Uh, You know, I... I don't think I will ever go back to voting on Election Day, but for those folks out there who are listening on Saturday morning, and I say that because, uh, and you may or may not know that this show is rebroadcast on Sundays, Uh, and we have a show Sunday morning, and we also have a rebroadcast Tuesday, I mean, Sunday afternoon. So, um, but for those who are listening on Saturday, um, the fact is, today is the last day to early vote. So if you don't get to the polls today and you haven't been there, then you'll be in line on Tuesday. If uh, And I hope everyone wants to vote and makes the effort to vote because that is our patriotic duty as American citizens. And, you know, the, the worst thing we can uh, think is that our vote does not matter. And so why take the time and the energy to get out there and do it? Because if you don't vote your conscience and your beliefs, then guess what? Somebody else is going to have their conscience and their beliefs uh, ahead of yours because, you know, you can't blame the system uh, if you don't vote yourself, I mean, that's the you have to take part in, in the election process. And uh, he, even though there's been a ton of controversy, the fact is, is that our voting system is pure. It works uh, uh, there. It, it is, you know, there are ba- um, so many protections put in in terms of of, of voting uh that you don't have to worry about uh, whether uh, the election is conducted properly uh, and that the vote count is accurate. Uh, it, uh, you know, it, it, even though there's still people out there that, that talk about, uh, you know, things must have, you know, things didn't go wrong. Well, it may be that people who intended to vote didn't vote, but if you don't vote, doesn't count. And... Uh, but the fact is, is that even though there were multiple lawsuits across the country, uh, there were Republican judges, there were Republican election officials in many, many states. Uh, there were Democrats as well. But the fact is, is that not a single lawsuit anywhere in the country actually came up with any fraud that would have changed anything about the election. And so the, the, we can have confidence, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. And in fact, in North Carolina, it's required that both parties are present to oversee the election process. It's fair and it's accurate. And we just have to get in there and vote. You know, it's it's not a matter of Uh, You can change things because you wish the outcome might have been different than the outcome, but you have to get out there and vote. And so today, the rest of the day is the last day 
that you can early vote. And, and the fact is, is that early voting is so easy compared to voting on Election Day. I mean, I walked right in to the poll it took the entire time it took me to it took me longer to drive there than it did to vote it (laughs) it took maybe five minutes once i got to the polling site to go in to basically go through the process of verifying everything and getting my ballot and then you know basically voting Uh, might have taken five minutes and you know that's that's what all of us need to be doing um, and of course, if you don't make it to early voting, be sure you're there on Tuesday. That's when the election takes place. Um, it's amazing to me that we're already mid-May. Gee whiz, <laughs> that blows my mind. You know, it's it, maybe it's because I'm just getting old and the days go by so much faster. I don't know, but it is nice to be into. Cl- what's clearly springtime uh it you know it does seem like our weather is weird at times uh you know this past week it's been cool and the week before and it's been rainy and things that um you wouldn't necessarily expect this time of year but it is what it is and one thing about being in north carolina that we do have a a a pleasurable weather cycle that's that's for sure um, so anyway, we'll go with that. Uh, actually, I thought that there has been a case on my mind. It, it's a, a case that uh, makes me sad at, uh, at the situation the client was in. But I, just recently, I, I had the pleasure of trying to help a young lady um, who was in a very tragic situation Um, and uh, unfortunately and this is uh, one of the reasons I want to talk about it is because uh, she had applied for Medicaid uh, on behalf of herself and her husband and was denied and she quite frankly was given terrible advice now she had not gone to an elder law attorney but there are lots of people in the system, social workers, nursing home people, hospital people, uh, folks that even hold themselves out as we will help you with your Medicaid application, um, who really don't know the rules, and they make these bold assumptions that are often inaccurate, and they can give people the worst advice possible. And that's really where this young lady was. Uh, so what's the circumstances? Number one, her husband, uh, who was in his early 60s, um, had a number of years earlier uh, lost his job uh, so that their income plummeted. Now, this lady was working two and or three jobs trying to keep things together um and uh and during this time uh the husband then started having medical problems well to make matters worse then the husband started spending all of 
their resources because he wasn't making any money, and they, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, he was an optimist. Things he'd get back on his feet, and and they were just using their money, and uh, you know, good intentions and all that. And then uh, bad went to worse. In other words, then he started having the medical problems, couldn't work. And of course, getting on disability is is tip, social security disability is typically a fairly slow process. And of course, if you're denied initially, it generally takes two or three years before you get an appellate hearing. So it it can be an extremely difficult process for folks. Well, at this point, when she came in to see me, all of their resources were gone, with the exception of the fact that uh, they still had their home but uh, they had an equity line that they had run through, so there was no more money uh, that they could pull from the equity line. Uh, the husband had put them in uh, hot water in terms of not only uh, they had a mortgage still, they had an equity line still that all had to be paid for. Uh, they had credit card debt that the husband had run up. And when she came to see me, no resources whatsoever other than uh, she still had uh, her retirement account. But here she was, 59, not 59 and a half, 59. So to the degree that she pulled any money from her retirement account, there was be a 10% penalty. Uh, on top of having to pay income tax, uh, normal income tax, there's a 10% penalty. Now, there is an exception for having significant medical expenses for the penalty, but you have to understand, too, that she didn't have any medical problems. It was her husband. Well, I mean, she did have the problem of, of being stressed out in a big way because she was trying to make things uh, work. And at this point... Her husband had had a stroke and a heart attack, and he was actually and is in a nursing home and with a bill of $10,000 a month because their Medicare had run out and they did not have long-term care insurance. So all of their money was gone, every penny, and they had borrowed everything that they could borrow. And so all she had left in the world was she had a house that was uh, borrowed against in a big way uh, and she uh, not and she didn't have the ability to pay these bills um, she had a couple life insurance policies and she had her one hundred and eight thousand um, uh, dollar retirement account and that's all she had and with a, a a nursing home bill of over $10,000 a month, a mortgage to pay, an equity line to pay, uh, a credit card bill to pay, and and I'm not even talking about the cost of, uh, of keeping up, and she was trying to work three jobs to pay, and she just had no ability to do it. As sad a situation, she had already applied for Medicaid, been denied, and then her accountant referred to her to me to give her advice. So anyway, I've gone on too long. So when we come back from break, I will tell you some of the things that I 
advised her because this lady needed be, to be on Medicaid, and it was a sad situation, and everyone who gave her advice at up, up to the time she came to see me gave her terrible advice. Oh, that's heartbreaking, uh, and we will get to the rest of that story. This is, uh, you know, from what we know so far, uh, a good cautionary tale on why it's so important to make sure that you're ahead on your planning. You don't want to fall into a situation like this where you're in a, a, a live crisis, and that's why Bill puts on his webinars every month. That's why he's available to you schedule an appointment with him. If you're interested in speaking with an elder law attorney, you want to get your plans in order, you can go online to wgalaw.com if you'd like to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Or if you want to attend one of Bill's free webinars, these happen the second Wednesday of every month. We just had one this past Wednesday, but the next one is coming up on Wednesday June 8th. If you would like to attend and learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, or if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning, this is a wonderful free opportunity for you to do so. These are highly educational webinars. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. WGALaw.com is Bill's website. Click on the seminars button and there you can register for Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, June 8th. We're going to continue our story in just a bit. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can learn more about Bill by going to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com is where you can go if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill or if you want to register for Bill's free webinars, that is the place to go. WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, you're uh, in the middle of a, a tragic client story where... Uh, this couple has basically spent every dime that they've had. They're dealing with uh, a nursing care situation, so in long-term care. And uh, boy, this is this is heartbreaking to hear, Bill. Well, and here again, um, uh, there was another circumstance that made it even more difficult, and that is that the husband um, was improving in the nursing home, and so the question is would he improve enough to come home? And the wife said, well, we hope so. In fact, there's a possibility that he will improve enough to where we can bring him home. And by we, I'm saying she, because she had no other support at all from anyone, that she could bring him home, hopefully in July. Okay, here it is May. So we, we're talking six weeks from now. And, of course, with Medicaid, there is no way she would be able to get eligible for Medicaid and apply for Medicaid and be on Medicaid before July, that's for sure. And so I basically had to give her advice based upon something impossible, which was if you think you can bring him home, 
then don't complete the Medicaid planning that I'm telling you to do because it's not going to help you if you bring him home because Medicaid's not going to pay for home care for you guys. And see, that a lot of folks don't realize that you can be eligible for Medicaid and nursing home, but not at your home. So it was the kind of thing where it, it was um, – uh, she had to factor that in. Well, the fact, the biggest mistake was number one, she was told that she needed to go ahead and apply for Medicaid. Now, that advice was given to her without having any knowledge of what resources they had. All they knew that was that the lady was in a really bad place financially, and she is, okay? But the fact is, they had three assets, and any one of the assets would have been a denial for Medicaid, no matter what else was uh, was there. Uh, and she was told that she was denied because of the fact that she had a retirement account of $108,000. And then she was told to liquidate the retirement account. Now, what would that have meant? That would have meant if a liquidation would have been a total taxable event with a 10% penalty uh, because she's not 59 and a half. Uh, terrible advice because they didn't tell her there were any other options. And the fact is there is another option, but and I'll get to that in a second. But the, what was the, the other factor? The, the man, the husband, owned two very nice life insurance policies. He had one life insurance policy that will pay $150,000, and it had $25,000 of cash value. He had another term policy that would pay $300,000 and had a cash value of $45,000. Now, you can have a little bit of life insurance and be on Medicaid, but you can't have over $10,000. And if you have policies, then they count the cash value. Well, 20, either, either policy would have kept him from being approved for Medicaid. I had a case years ago where I had a paraplegic. He was denied Medicaid because he had a life insurance policy with $16,000 of cash value. Well, a Medicaid recipient can only have $2,000 of countable property, period. Now, you can have an unlimited amount of non-countable property, but the bottom line is that's it. So, so what did I tell her to do? Now, she was also told to liquidate these life insurance policies. Now, quite frankly, that would have been horrible. Why? Because she has a husband who is very, very sick. His life expectancy, even best case, is probably two years, maybe three, but probably two or less. And that's whether he comes home or not. So guess what? The, for a 59-year-old for a woman who has no resources because her husband spent everything, those life insurance policies are her lifeline for the future. So... What I told her was change the ownership of the policy from your husband to yourself. Now, you have to count the cash value of the policies as what you can keep as a, as a spousal resource, but the, and, the, and that would be $75,000 counted against her resource. Um, but guess what? 
that's the mo- those were the most important assets she had for her own future because her husband had spent everything else. And I, I told her, you need to make sure that these policies are paid for so they don't lapse. I mean, these policies are more important to you than almost everything else you have, you know, even if you can't pay for other things to make sure these are paid for. Because it's not all about your husband. It's about you as well. So anyway, um, two things. And, and see, in both cases, she was told the wrong thing to do. Liquidating life insurance policies for her would have been a tragedy. And then liquidating the only asset that she really had other than the life insurance was her own retirement account. Again, that would have been a tragedy because when I did her numbers, the bottom line is is that she could keep about ninety-five to $100,000 and he be approved for Medicaid based on all of their resources. So what I told her to do was to transfer the life insurance to herself that would have been $75,000 of countable. So she had about $20,000 left. Now, what about her retirement account? Well, you have an option there. And one is to uh, annuitize what's called a Medicaid-qualified annuity. will take a retirement account and make it non-countable. Well, that was a no-brainer, and it was still a lot smarter than liquidating. I said, look, you need some cash now so you don't have it because you got these bills to pay. So liquidate a little bit of it. now, And maybe you'll get away with, not, with avoiding the 10% penalty. And she turns 59 and a half in September. So I said, you can structure the annuity so all your annuity payments are made after September. So guess what? If you do that, then you won't have that 10% penalty uh, because annuities can be structured. But Medicaid-qualified annuities are different. Uh, They um, And it needs to be done by folks who understand what they're doing. And so the bottom line was, uh, and of course, all of this being under stress, made these decisions extremely hard uh, and you just can't believe what it does if you're in a position like this and so i tried to make it easy as i could on her to you know how to transfer the policies over to herself and then uh, we could help her with a medicaid qualified annuity but you know the frankly our ability to help her was extremely limited because she didn't have anything i was more than happy to give her a free consult to give her the advice she needed, but at the same time, it was difficult. Now, I must apologize for this background noise, um, but uh, I hope that folks can hear me uh, and that we can get some of this background out uh, uh, noise out of the way. So, you know, it's unfortunate when we have uh, this kind of thing happen, but, uh, you know, we don't control everything, so we do the best we can. We do. And, you know, this is just another lesson in why it's so important to make sure that you have a plan in place and get ahead. There's so much money that could be saved on the front end if you know that this is something that you can anticipate or you have done the planning on the front end and know what to do. This is why it's so critical if you haven't attended one of Bill's free webinars for you to do so. It's free to attend. They're highly educational. And as Bill has explained in this segment, there's steps 
steps that we can take to make sure that we are in control of our assets and that we have a plan in case of a long-term care crisis because the last thing that you want to do is having to scramble while you're dealing with a health care crisis. Go to WGALaw.com. From there, you can click on the Seminars button and register for free to attend Bill's next free webinar happening on Wednesday, June 8th. Go to WGALaw.com, click on that Seminars button, and WGALaw.com is also where you can go if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. If you want to call the office, that phone number is 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can learn more about Bill by going online to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And when we were concluding our show last week, we teased the fact that we were going to be talking about early dementia and those who are in the care of someone with early dementia. And Bill, this is uh, a prospect that is often frightening for a lot of families uh no question about it and and sometimes you know when we as we get older sometimes we think we have dementia when it's just a matter of getting older you know we do lose brain cells and when we get to that age of around 78 to 80 years old uh, we become more forgetful and that's not necessarily dementia which is a good thing for us to remember just because we become more forgetful the fact is, we've been forgetful our entire lives. You know, there are times when we forget things. We don't mean to, but we do. Our brain processes things differently. But there are diseases called dementia, which are scary. And it's scary for the person who has it. It's scary for the family as well. Now, what you do about it can be very, very important. Uh, to you and your family and all your loved ones. Uh, and they're obviously uh, the choices for a married person versus a single person can be very, very different in how to approach these issues. Because you have to understand that as seniors, the first thing we're going to do is deny, deny, deny. <laughs> Okay. Now, think about it. I mean, it's like this. Do seniors give up their right to drive easily? Heck, no. It's like, you know they shouldn't be driving, and why do they continue to do it even though they realize that it's a little dangerous for themselves and for others? It's because that's independence. For them, it's they know if they have to give it up, they're giving up a lot of independence for their for themselves. That's a very very difficult thing for people to do, and, and of course we're talking about stubborn seniors anyway. And another 
another one that might hit home. Do seniors just willy-nilly uh, go out and buy cane when they start stumbling around? No, it's like they don't, you know, a cane is, is basically an acceptance of the fact that you have some mobility issues and you're a little unstable on your feet. And the fact is, is that most people will never pick up a cane until they actually need a walker. <laughs> and, and here again, it's the same thing. It's deny, deny, deny. I don't want other people to, to think I have some limitations. I'll somehow make it, make it work. And so eventually, when they realize that they're going to fall all the time, they pick up a cane. And when it gets worse and worse and worse... They don't want to go to a walker, but the only they'll eventually go when it's the only way that they can actually still uh, have some mobility. And quite frankly, uh, but it's not where people embrace having a cane or embrace using a walker. Where you you have a lot of that denial that comes with dementia. The hope is now I'm just becoming a little more forgetful. Okay, and of course, then, uh, you know, eventually uh, people are, you know, uh, maybe a little beyond super early dementia. It's mild, uh, and it and it's still in a situation where you're you're lucid. You still have the ability to sign documents. Fact is, whether you're married or single. When things become like that, that's the time you need to go see an elder law attorney. And I don't care if you had your legal documents done, you know, six months ago or two years ago by a lawyer. If your lawyer was not an elder law attorney, you're not going to have the right documents for the future. Because the two documents that are very different from an elder law attorney uh, not in every case, but in almost every case, you're going to have a different general durable power of attorney, one that's far broader, gives your agent a lot more power, if you will. Uh, and your will might be very different from a standard I love you, everything to my spouse type of will uh, under the circumstances. So the fact is, is that if you find that you or a loved one uh, is suffering from dementia, uh, get to an elder law attorney as quickly as possible. That could save your family thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Now, if you're married, then uh, you have more options, if you will, more safe options, because most uh, families uh, try desperately to keep you at home um, and, and deal with the issues themselves. You, you know, at, at first it's just rem reminders, then it's cueing uh, in terms of basically telling you what you need to do right now because you don't remember what you're supposed to do, uh, those kinds of things. And it gets worse. You know, that's one of the things about most forms of dementia. And, of course, the worst form is called Alzheimer's. Um, and that tends to progress fairly quickly, and you don't. No one knows when those uh, hits are going to take place, where you get worse and then you stay worse. 
uh, normally there are a number of different progressions o- uh, you know, over time that's very difficult to manage. But now, if you're single, can you really stay at home alone? Well, you can in early stages, but you need uh, some protection, hopefully from your children, someone. Sometimes it's a matter of putting up cameras. It's often a matter of changing uh, things in your home to accommodate um, your, you know, some of the issues that you're facing. Uh, sometimes it's a matter of making sure that the uh, oven is unplugged because, you know, when you're forgetful, you can turn the oven on and then walk away and forget that you're trying to cook dinner. Uh, and then there's, you know, the, a tragic fire that results from those kinds of things. So there are, are a lot of things that professionals can, I mean, some things you can think of on your own, but oftentimes independent life care managers, uh, they used to be called geriatric care managers. They are professionals who deal in these kinds of issues. There's also a huge resource that I have found that lots and lots of families don't even think about using, which is absolutely nuts. And I'm not talking about lawyers. I'm talking about the Alzheimer's Association. It's basically an association of uh, that helps people go through the same things that you're either going through or will go through, and having the experience of others in terms of how to handle things can be a lifesaver. But guess, I mean, wouldn't you rather uh, be able to make decisions based on the mistakes of others than your own mistakes? Of course we would, and that's why being able to use a group like the North Carolina Alzheimer's Association, uh, uh, and we have some really good Alzheimer's groups in this uh, area where you can get good advice on how to deal with these kinds of issues. Now, another resource uh, uh, is, uh, and I want to explain this, uh, for those who have sufficient income to pay for it, independent living can be a lifesaver for folks with early dementia, particularly those who are single, and particularly those who are married where the dementia has gotten worse, because it's a whole lot easier to take care of someone in an independent living environment than it is at home, even though you want to stay at home. See, that's one of the knee-jerk things that can be detrimental. Um, Sometimes it works, but oftentimes it, it, it doesn't. And I'll be more than happy to explain that in more detail. I know we have to take a break because there's so many things when it comes to the issues surrounding dementia that we need to talk about. We will continue this conversation. Please don't forget that you can go to WGALaw.com if you would like to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. If you are in need of having counsel with an elder law attorney, you can do that by going to WGALaw.com. Schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. If you are interested in learning more about long-term care assistance that may be available for you or a loved one, 
dealing with Medicaid, as well as veterans benefits, or if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning, you really need to attend one of Bill's free webinars. This next set is happening on Wednesday, June 8th. He does this the second Wednesday of every month, and this is a wonderful free opportunity for you to learn about some fields that can be quite honestly complicated and and hard to understand, but as you know, as you know from listening, Bill has a way of taking some very complex concepts and making them quite easy to understand. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page if you would like to register for free to attend one of Bill's free webinars. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be back after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill. If you want to schedule an appointment with Bill or if you would like to register and attend one of his webinars for free, go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're talking about early dementia and what that means to us in a care situation. And Bill, just before the break, you were discussing independent care versus home care. Well, and here's the thing. Uh, If the goal is to stay together, uh, for a married couple, um, you know, obviously you can stay at home for a good while. Uh, but that can become very, very difficult. Uh, and I would say for anyone caring for a person with dementia, that uh, respite, that means rest for you away from being a caregiver, is extremely important. Because It's just like if you're working, do you never take a vacation? Well, the fact is, all the studies show if you take a vacation, you'll be a better worker. So the fact, same thing's true for a caregiver. you got to take a vacation away from the person you love and are caring for. And quite frankly, uh, it's very, very um, common for a spouse not to take a break uh, or not to get away. And part of it is because they're worried about money and the fact that will they have enough for themselves when their spouse dies. And I get that. But the fact is, is that if you don't take breaks, you're going to die of stress uh, because it's difficult caring for a loved one. And as dementia progresses, it becomes more difficult, more difficult, more difficult. And so uh, the fact is respite is an important piece. Now, sometimes folks can call on uh, siblings or children to help them through so that they can get away, go to the beach for the weekend, uh, go uh, take a trip for a week, do something. Uh, And other people can actually place their loved one in an assisted living or a memory care unit for a week or two so that they can get away. So, I mean, there's lots of different options. There's also some independent living communities that have a respite apartments as well that are fully furnished and easy to, to utilize. Uh, But the fact is, in this area, 
we have lots of options. We have some very modestly priced independent living communities, and we have some extremely expensive ones, too, that are designed for folks with lots of money. So it, uh, but the fact is, is there are lots of options. And independent living does do two things. For a married couple, it does allow you to stay together uh, far, far longer, and sometimes until your spouse dies, because you've got everything there. A lot of folks don't realize that independent living offers 75, 80% of what assisted living offers. You know, you get your food prepared for you, you somebody cleans up your room, you have activities that you can enjoy, uh, you get your bed uh, changed every week and fresh towels and and uh, the whole bit. And so the bottom line is it can be less expensive to live in independent living than it has, uh, than it costs to, to pay people to come to your home and help you take care of your loved one, which can be a very expensive proposition. Uh, so those are options like that. And of course, some of the other things with dementia that folks don't realize is that, that dementia as a disease does change a person's personality. And it tends to push them in one of two directions. Now, if you're not experiencing this, then you're fortunate. But in so many cases, it pushes uh, people suffering from dementia. And now recognize this is scary for everybody. It pushes them in a direction of where they're just nice as they can be. They're docile. They, they are sweet. They basically are compliant. They're just so happy that you're taking care of them, and they show it. Or it's the opposite, where they're mean as snakes. They can be violent. They scream. They want their own way. They don't listen. Uh, they're just horrible. And the fact is, is that you really don't necessarily know because you might have a person who in their normal life is sweet and docile and compliant, and as a demented patient, they just, they're the opposite. It's like they've been so sweet their whole life, they're letting it all out. <laughs> and yeah, or, you know, so it can go either way. You just never know which way that your personality is going to get pushed. And, of course, the fact is this. If you're fortunate to have a person who's sweet and nice and docile and compliant, they're ten times easier to take care of than those other folks we're trying to mention and not say too many bad things about. Because that's uh, the the fact is, if you're unfortunate to have a, a a loved one who is in that dark side, um, it's almost impossible to continue to take care of them for a long time. And here's the biggest problem: if they're like that, nobody wants to take them in. Nobody wants to take care of them. You have to understand: assisted living facilities, memory care units, are what. They're private companies. Do they want somebody who's mean as a snake in, the, in their facility? Absolutely not. So your ability to place people into a facility when they're that way and can be physically violent or, or scream and yell or that sort of thing, well, nobody wants to take care of them. So getting them placed is extraordinarily difficult. 
Uh, and of course, there are a few state facilities uh, that will take, that, uh, but they're also extraordinarily expensive too. That, and of course, Medicaid is something that's really important. Now, here's the other thing that's scary about dementia, and that is that the majority of us cannot qualify for financial assistance at the assisted living or memory care level. It's not Medicaid. It's actually a program that the state provides called special assistance. Now, if you want to call it special assistance Medicaid, go right ahead. But it's not Medicaid. Medicaid does not provide assistance at the assisted living level or the memory care level. It's a, called special assistance. Unfortunately, that program has very low income caps, so the majority of us, even if we're totally destitute, cannot get financial assistance. So uh, for, for no more about that, then attend our webinar each month. And, of course, we have our webinars the second Wednesday of, of each month, one on Medicaid, one on asset protection. I would encourage you to attend. That's just a, a great example of just how much and how complicated uh, the Medicaid side is because everything doesn't fall into one bucket. There are all these little silos, and it's it's a very difficult field to navigate. That's why if you haven't attended one of Bill's free webinars, as he said, you really need to do so because it's a wonderful free educational opportunity to learn uh, and understand something that is quite confusing. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button to learn more. Uh, we just had a set of webinars this past Wednesday, but the next set is happening on Wednesday, June 8th. Plenty of time to register. Do it now. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com if you would like to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. If you are in need of getting some documents in order or maybe you would like to have yours reviewed by an elder law attorney, go to WGALaw.com. Or if you want to attend one of Bill's free webinars, if you want to learn more about long-term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning, this is a wonderful free educational opportunity for you. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page or call the office 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. That'll do it for us today. We hope you will join us again next weekend. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful weekend. Mm-hmm.